Welcome to A Longer Table Podcast, a space where curiosity and proximity will challenge everything you thought you knew. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter, inviting you to pull up a seat. You just might leave thinking, maybe we're not so different. I am so excited to be back, but I am not going to lie, solo episodes seem to make me the most nervous. So... I'm going to take a deep breath. I cannot wait to tell you guys kind of what's been going on in my world and let you in on the struggles and just, yeah, kind of give you a peek behind the curtain. I want to start with reflecting on the last year, the last 365 days, and then we're going to move into where I'm at today and where I'm going forward in this new year in 2023. So, I'm just going to start by saying that I had every intention of blogging by the month, which is laughable now because I it I think I did it two months in a row and then I fell off the bandwagon. And I feel like as much as I don't want to be that person who says they're going to do something and then falls off after a month or two, that's exactly who I was in 2022. And I mean, there's no getting around it. Like if I'm just really honest with myself, that's who I was. Now, I have grace upon grace for myself because there are reasons that I wasn't able to be as consistent and stick to things that I wanted to do or stay committed like I originally intended. So I have grace, but I'm also just have been reflecting and sitting in the reality that this year, or I should say 2022, was not the year that I hope to have. In many ways, I was in survival mode. So as I reflect on this last year, I would say that January, February, and March really was just that. It was survival. Shia learned to walk, which quickly turned into running. I didn't have daycare, which was insane because I was trying to work full time. And I just shout out to all moms who are working stay-at-home moms. It is, it's a hard enough being a mom or it's hard enough having a job. But when you combine the two and you're expected to multitask and do both at the same time, it is next to impossible. And that's exactly the state that I was in. Those first three months were really rough. Then by the time we got to April, I found Shia's new daycare. Thank God we found an incredible place. He is thriving there. Um, I truly have told her we need him to stay there till kindergarten. Like, I cannot lose her. So he's thriving at his new daycare. But there was a lot of travel. I traveled for a friend's bachelorette, another one's wedding, a baby shower, And there was just a lot going on. Even when I was in LA, we were partnering with a teen woman who chose to have her baby. And some of you were following along on social media where I shared just a little bit of, you know, what was going on and how people could support her, which was beautiful. But it was a lot. When I wasn't traveling, I had Shia and also was partnering with this woman. So in a way, I was fostering, even though she wasn't living in our home. It was the same concept, really partnering with a family who was in crisis. And then by July, I had wrapped up my contract with Housing for Health. So for those of you, again, who have been listening or following along on Instagram or reading the you know emails that I send out, you know that I was for a while on contract with an organization for about 10 months. And I have no regrets. It was a really beautiful experience. I got to work with people who are experiencing homelessness, and it, it just grew my heart for empathy and justice and dignity. And I learned so much and I'm so, so grateful. But by the time July came around, I was so, 
I would say like burnt out because at the same time as doing that contract, I was still trying to run parts of my business and prepare for my book to launch into the world. So then you get to August and I launched Soul Care to Save Your Life into the world. And to be honest, it just turned out to be so much more difficult and sad of a journey than I had ever hoped or anticipated. Um, Reasons for that. There was an 18-month delay. Many of you listening already know that from its original release date. And that really took a toll on sales. And it's not just about the numbers, but as an author with this being my career, that sucked. Like there's no other way of putting it. It it really sucked. I was on a Carpenter family vacation with my husband's whole family the week of my book release. And to be honest, that was kind of a disaster. Now I'm grateful for the vacation. I'm grateful for the time with that family. But it was a disaster because I didn't know what to expect the week of a book launch. And just knowing what I now know, I wouldn't do that again. I I plan on never traveling or being on a vacation the week of a book launch. And anyone who's written a book knows and is probably laughing at me for even thinking that that was a good idea. There was also just people criticizing me publicly without knowing the full truth on things. That was really hard. There was someone who said some really mean things about the way that I shared about the kids in our care. And really, yeah, it's just hard when people are leaving public negative things things and you don't get the chance to respond to that. Um, You know, all I would have really wanted to say was just that I did the best that I could to protect everyone and to be really considerate and made changes to, to, yeah, protect everyone. So it's just unfortunate. It's just the reality that we live in. But it really, I realized like, man, I really like to defend myself. And obviously, you can't always do that. So it just, it was a struggle. I also felt frustrated with myself because I realized when the book came out all the things that I could have done better, both within my writing and within the process of launching a book. I felt frustrated that I, you know, there's no redo. You get get a one shot at writing and launching a book successfully. And so again, I was like proud of myself, but also just like, dang, Manda, you really could have done this differently, could have done this better. I am excited that I will get a sort of redo with each book that I put out, right? Each one should evolve and get better and I, as I get better and learn. I would say the last thing that made August and the launch of Soul Care to Save Your Life so unfortunately disappointing was that the way specific issues were handled was a bummer. For example, somebody would be upset with me, but I wouldn't find out through them directly. I would find out through their family or their friends. And that just sucked. Like, I, what do you do with that, right? Like, I've been thinking about it. And normally, if somebody says, well, so-and-so is mad at you, I would say, well, I'm here if they want to come to me. But because of who I am and the way that I'm wired, if I know someone's upset with me, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to say, hey, I would have loved for you to come and tell me you're upset with me, but let's talk about this. So it just like, I don't know. It just felt like unnecessary drama the way that things went down with certain people and relationships. And this is the part of of living a public life or of writing a book that's a little wonky. And I'm I didn't do it perfectly and I I definitely would not say that I did. There's there's definite things that I would do differently, but I really never had malicious intent and never never in a million years dreamt that people would be offended or hurt or come at me the way that that they did. And so August was hard. August was really, really hard. 
September, October, and November, uh, sleep continued to be a challenge because uh, the happiest boy who never sleeps was probably at his worst. We hosted more than we should have. I think we overcommitted. Even though we love these people and we loved having them, when I look back, we just said yes too much. You know, it's like we we don't regret like hosting, but we shouldn't have done it four weekends in a row. Um, we also took too many trips. And don't get me wrong, like I love to travel, but Par- and, and actually Paris and Mexico were especially wonderful. But I counted y'all and we were on more than 25 flights in 2022. More than 25 flights. That is insane. That includes Shia. That is just, it leaves me kind of speechless. I'm just like, what were we thinking? So, you know, and it sounds glamorous because if you rarely travel and you feel cooped up and you're craving, you know, a getaway, then yeah, of course, you're just like, must be nice. Or why would you complain about that? But to be honest, I cried. Like I teared up when I first realized how much we traveled because I've been processing and I just feel like 2022 I got out of control I said yes to too many things I said yes to what would make our parents or friends or other people happy instead of prioritizing myself or what was best for our family I really leaned into people pleasing in a way that I haven't done in years it got out of control that's the best way to put it And ironically, my word from 2022 was priorities. So this all made me feel like I failed. But here's what I can say went well and proves that the year wasn't all bad. And if you follow me on Instagram, I did share some of this there. Uh, First, my marriage remained a priority. And despite sharing some of the dark past that occurred early on in our marriage, we're doing great. And I was nervous that by coming out about it publicly, somehow that that could be really hard on us or that people's responses could have a negative impact on us. But I will just say like we were unshakable and that felt really, really good. Uh, Secondly, when I was home, I was really playful and present with Shia again outside of the travel, outside of him being at daycare. When he and I were together, I felt like I was a really playful, present mom and I continue to get better at shutting off to be with him. And I'm proud of that. Third thing that went really well was my writing habits. They were a priority in the sense that I wrote every single day, even if it were just a few sentences in my notes app. So there's definitely room for improvement. And I'll tell you where I'm going in 2023 in just a minute. But I am proud that I did write every single day, even if it was a little bit in my phone. Fourth, our community in LA was great, um, especially when I look back at how much we traveled, which ugh, so terrible. I just I cannot get over it. But f- even knowing like taking that into consideration, I'm just thankful for the people that we were able to become better friends with. Um, Shout out Megs, Credo, my neighbors, Hadi and Anya, anyone um, listening to this, if you are my friend and neighbor in LA, I'm talking about you. These people made LA feel like home and they made our lives better, richer, wonderful in so many ways. And then lastly, the fifth one is undoing the belief that that if someone is mad at me, I must have done something wrong. I think that that is something I didn't know was an issue in my life until I had a conversation with my friend Jason. He's been on the podcast before, Jason Miller. He's like brother to me. And we were processing something back in August. And he said, you know, man, just because someone's mad at you doesn't mean you did something wrong. Like sometimes that's true that when someone's mad at you, it's because it's directly correlated to something you've done wrong. But sometimes you've done something and it's not necessarily wrong. It just doesn't make them happy. And for me, that was like, like light bulb moment. And so really working through that and undoing that belief 
was so good for me in this last year. Okay, so now that I've just spent about 10 minutes reflecting on that year and what went well, what didn't went well, what didn't go well, and naming the things that I want to change, I thought I would get vulnerable and share my five intentions, or in other words, goals for 2023, things I do want to do differently. Okay, first is an easy one. You probably guessed it. I've said it publicly before, but I want to travel less. In order to be more rooted locally and to have some ease to our life, I am really reducing travel. And I'm so excited when I look at the calendar right now, knowing that there's very few trips on the books and we don't have to add any if we don't want to. I keep reminding myself that people can come visit us and we can figure that out, but I don't have to get on a plane 25 times this year. Second, I am adjusting my mindset with people so that I can discern my best yes and how my time is spent. After all, time is a currency and I want to be wise in how I spend mine. So I heard this quote that's going to be sort of my mantra and it said, no one makes a withdrawal if they haven't made a deposit. I thought that was so good. No one makes a withdrawal if they haven't made a deposit. For me, that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't show up for someone or be available to someone if there's no relationship, but it is going to be sort of a filter I run things through. For example, I give a lot of time to answering DMs and a lot of these people, it's not like they necessarily follow me or support my work or financially add to my life. Um, they're not in my, lo- you know, they're not actually a friend face to face. I need to discern how much of my time I give to people that are ta- are essentially taking a withdrawal, but without having made a deposit. So I'm really excited to use that as a filter and discern my best yes. Three more. Okay, number three, I'm a maker. I'm a creator. I'm a maker who's been working on a manager schedule. And I never had language for this until I listened to a podcast on Emily Freeman's podcast, where she talks about a maker working on a manager's schedule. And it was like, oh my goodness, I feel totally seen and convicted and called out and something has to change. Like this is not working for me. And I'll link that episode in the show notes if you, if you know, you're curious and want to listen to it. Emily's a great podcaster. So I changed my schedule so that my days are not spent attempting to shove writing in between meetings and emails, which is impossible, I've realized. Rather, I created a new schedule where Mondays are going to be for meetings and clients and administrative type things. Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be spent podcasting and working with people that I'll be, you know, having on the show. And then Wednesdays and Fridays are completely going to be for writing. And with that, I've also created a new flow of communication with my work that I'm going to be rolling out. And you've probably already started to notice it. And I believe that people like you, if you enjoy the content, these conversations and building longer tables, you're going to appreciate and benefit from this new way of communication. I think it's going to make it so that, you know, if I'm having a retreat, you're not like, wait, I didn't know about that. Or if there's a new episode out, you won't be able to miss it. I'm really excited. Just feels like I'm more organized with my work and I'm taking it more seriously and putting some strategy and intention behind it. And that's really exciting. Fourth, we're going to expand our family. And that's by saying yes when a call comes with a need that our family can accommodate and when we can successfully partner with both child and their family. So as far as foster care goes, I'll be sharing about it still, but definitely less and differently than I used to. I really want to be cautious um, in that I'm not exploiting 
anyone or their story. I don't want to paint us to be the saviors because we're really not. I really believe that. So I want that to be reflected in the way that I open up as much as much as I can about our foster care journey. But I am really looking forward to expanding our family. And that is a goal of ours. We didn't think it would take this long, but we are also grateful for the space we've had to just be with Shia. I think it's been really good for him and for us. And then last but not least, my fifth intention for 2023 is that I want to eat lunch daily. That might sound so ridiculous to you, but I am notorious for skipping lunch and I'm not proud of it. Sometimes it's because I overcommit myself during the day and I don't leave space for a meal. Other times it's because I've truly forgotten. I, you know, I'm in in love with what I do for my work. And so I just get into it and I get so knee deep in a project or, or a writing piece or whatever before I realize that I'm starving. And then I'm hangry and I binge on a ton of snacks, which is usually Monster Trail Mix from Target. And that ruins my appetite for dinner and leaves me starving again at 9 p.m. And this is an area of health that I need to improve and genuinely want to change. So that's my fifth one. I want to eat lunch every single day and preferably something healthier than Monster Trail Mix. So by saying these five intentions out loud, I'm already 69% more likely to follow through according to a random but possibly not credible research study that I read online. So just know that I'm not saying it's accurate, but I think that's really really interesting. I've always thought that when we say our goals out loud or we share them with someone we love or we, you know, even just like type them and print them and tape them on the bathroom mirror, we're more likely to actually follow through because we won't forget about them come, you know, March, April. So here I am showing up, telling you my five goals, and I'm curious about yours. I will share a bonus goal or intention is that I really want us to decide on church. What I mean by decide on church is we like the place that we've been attending, but to be honest, we just rarely go. Obviously, the travel took a toll, and so we were gone a lot. But then when we were around, we were too exhausted from being on the go. We would have like just gotten back from a trip a lot of times on a Saturday night, and it's like, I don't want to get up on Sunday and go. And so even when we were in town, we didn't go. Shia never got accustomed to the kids area, so I felt like he had a meltdown every single time uh, we went because he didn't know the people or have a relationship on like daycare where he just like waves goodbye and is like, bye, mom. And also this, uh, the schedule of the church we've been attending falls super close with nap time. So it just felt like a struggle all around. We basically never went even when we went <laughs> because he couldn't stay in the child, the nursery area. So then I was just running around in the back of a gym with him, not really hearing much at all. And that I think this is all interconnected. But because of all that, we didn't really get plugged in, which is partly our fault, partly circumstantial. But I'm also not entirely sure that it's ever going to feel like a place that we belong. So I may want to explore other churches this year. I don't know. Like, it's a big TBD on our, um, on kind of my radar. I value the local church. I want to be within walking distance of a church, preferably. And that just feels uh, really hard because I've looked into the churches within walking distance and they don't feel like places that we are really drawn to. But then again, I'm such a fan of being in the neighborhood. So I don't know. Our lease is up in end of May, early June. We got to figure out where we'll even be. I mean, we're going to stay in LA, don't get me wrong, but there's still a lot to figure out. So that's why I made this one a bonus intention. I want to decide on church, but I know it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to take some time. And I think that's okay. And then uh, I thought it'd be a good time to tell you sort of what's coming this year. 
For the things that I can share for sure, we have the final two Soul Care Retreats. That's right. This is maybe a little bit sad for some of you to hear, but I think that the next two retreats, the only two retreats of 2023, are going to be the final two in-person retreats that I ever host. I'm about 97% sure, okay? So they're in Santa Barbara, California, which is in February next month, and then Three Rivers, Michigan in September. And I would love to meet you. It's equal parts fun and restorative. I would love for you to join us. We still have some spots for both of those retreats, and you can go to my website to uh, basically share that you're interested, and you'll automatically get an email from me with the details of how you can secure your spot. Another thing coming this year is my next book, and I really want to share about it. I honestly want to tell you about the next two books, but I'm going to bite my tongue on purpose because I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm approaching all things publishing much differently now. So just know that another book is coming that I feel so incredibly excited about, so energized by. I am writing it, and um, I hope to have it in your hands by fall of this year, which is huge. I'm aiming for like late September, early October. We'll see. Another thing coming this year is tons of incredibly meaningful conversations around this table. You guys, the interviews that we've already recorded that are coming in the next few weeks, we're going to release a podcast episode every Wednesday. They're so good. I feel like I just have brought on some people who are just so wise, who have such unique and interesting stories that we get to learn from. I'm so grateful. I pray that none of this work is in vain. I pray that this work means something to you, that it changes your life, that you share it with people you love, that it, yeah, that it actually helps you build longer tables in your own life. And lastly, the other thing that's coming this year is we are going to have so much fun. I'm going to let loose in new ways. I'm going to stop overthinking reels or stop overthinking what I say on the podcast. And if I make a mistake, I'll fix it. Um, you know, like I just I I want to really be true to what I've learned, which is that perfection and the pursuit of perfection is exhausting and I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, even even with this podcast, it's great practice because I always want to be so fluid, but that's not going to happen 24 seven. And so I'm going to let some mistakes be here and then I'm going to hopefully model how we recover from those mistakes. But I'm done pursuing perfection doesn't exist in appearance, in our speech, in the way we behave, in the way we interact. And I don't even want to project the image of perfection because it's just not, it's not real. So we're going to end on the note about my word for 2023. It seems like a good note to end on. I don't know if you're a word person. Uh, For me, my word, I try to choose one that encompasses sort of those other goals that I named, those other intentions. And mine is trust. I didn't want it to be trust because to be honest, I feel like that's such like a eh, trust. Like we all have our own definitions or ideas of what trust looks looks like and means. But for me, trust is about trusting my own instincts, knowing that my gut doesn't lie. So I can stop. I don't need to deny its nudges. I can actually believe that it means something when I get a bad feeling or I don't feel a full body yes, I want to trust it. I want to trust God. I want to trust in his faithfulness and abundance and mercy and the way that he or she created me, that it's good. And I don't have to change for people to like me or to want to be my friend. I want to trust the process 
that even when it seems like there's no fruit of my labors, if I stick it out, the hard, consistent work will pay off. And I don't have to control or manufacture or micromanage the ways that I am so naturally inclined to from a place of distrust or anxiety and worry. So that's it for me. I really genuinely would love to hear from you. I want to know what some of the things you reflected on about this last year were. Uh, Pro tip, if you haven't reflected and you're thinking, but it's already January, it's not too late. And one of the ways that I did that was I go through my phone and I scroll through the photos of each month to sort of jog my memory and note the highs and lows. Because whenever I go to reflect, I feel like I'm really just reflecting on the last, you know, two to three weeks. And to reflect on an entire year requires some pulling of my memory. And iPhone photos are really helpful for me in that. Or even a journal. I'd love to hear what your intentions are for this year, and if you have a word, and if so, what it means to you. And that's it for today. I will see you on the gram soon and in your inbox on Fridays and Tuesdays. And if I wasn't clear, I just need you to know that I am all in. I am committed to showing up more than ever before. So we're going to build some longer tables. We're going to navigate life together. I genuinely believe it's better this way and I hope that you enjoy it and it makes you feel less alone. We're doing this thing. So I will see you next Wednesday. Bye.